Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to this Matrix discussion group call, as in exiting the Matrix. And tonight is going to go directly in line with that idea of kind of exiting the Matrix. A lot of what I've been talking about the past several years is how we've seen all these shows on TV about, like, getting off the grid and stuff, and it shows people in Alaska and stuff like that. And I mention it to people, and they're like, well, I like where I live. I don't want to move. And it's like, you know what? Technically, you can actually move without moving. You can get off the grid without moving. And there's a way of doing things that is unlike what really we've been taught. Um, everybody is showing that you do things one way or another, and the reason why is, well, it's just the way everybody does it. Well, guess what? Not everybody does everything exactly that way. And there's other ways of doing things. There's other back doors that, quite frankly, are, are used by the people, I don't know, what do you want to call them, the elite or whatever, that, that they operate, for instance, in banking a different way than the presidents operate in banking. And we just haven't been taught that other way. And tonight we're going to be looking at, at acquiring properties and that there's other ways of doing it rather than just going and jumping online and looking to see what's for sale and contacting a realtor, yada, yada, yada. Everybody knows that process, trying to get approved for a loan. It's, it's a headache, and it can take months sometimes. Uh, but there is really probably maybe a cleaner and more efficient way of doing that through the adverse possession process. And we've got Sherry and John on this evening, and I uh, want to welcome them. How are you doing, folks? I'm doing fine. Thank you for inviting us, Brian. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I remember, you know, when this was first mentioned to me, um, a lot of people probably know Trial, And she had mentioned, hey, you got to talk to these people, check this out. And when she mentioned it was adverse possession, I was like, oh, I've already looked into adverse possession as far as land goes a little bit. And so I've really got a good kind of handle on that. But when it comes to homes, this is something that is a lot bigger and a lot more meaningful, I think. And it really doesn't matter where you are at, even say in Texas or you're in Florida where places are getting snapped up left and right. There's a lot of places that are not on the books that people don't see. And even if you are in these areas that people are, say, fleeing from, you know, California, the Northeast or whatever, that means there's going to be a lot of homes in those areas available as well. And the same process can work there also. So this isn't particular to any specific market. This is a very general thing that can be done anywhere. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys and let you kind of explain your experience and uh, what you've been doing. Okay. Okay. Um, we came down to Florida. We sold our house from Pennsylvania. And of course, it didn't yield us very much up there. It's an oppressed town. But anyways, we were looking for purchasing homes and maybe off the auction uh, for tax sale, um, trying to find a place to live instead of living in a motel every day, which is very difficult down here. Especially and during season. Especially. That's when we came down in season where everything's priced up very high. And we were exhausted trying to find a place. And then we um, finally couldn't win on the auction. So then we decided, let's look into this adverse possession. How to get a house that way. How can you do it? So a house that was on the actual tax sale, we could not actually win a bid on that. There's just no way. So um, 
we got the bright idea to think outside the box and go ahead and pay the taxes on it before it went to tax sale. So we ended up redeeming. Yeah, we redeemed the home the, the home. night before the auction. And when you redeem the taxes on it, then you have the right to claim adverse possession because you have a, a bona fide interest in the property financially. And um, so as soon as we did the process through the um, county, we actually were able to move in the house within the next day or two. Uh, we had to wait for the power to get on. But um, this is a very easy way to get into one of those empty houses, the ones you see with the high grass and look like nobody lives there. You can do this as long as it doesn't say no trespassing. Yeah. That's the only rule on this game here. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you're going in and you are paying the taxes on that property, um, you're given, um, what was it you told me? It's called a tax certificate. Okay, a tax certificate. Florida does tax certificates. If someone's behind in paying their taxes after like April 1st, they have until April 1st to pay their taxes. If they don't pay it, then it will go up for a tax certificate sale, which the person who buys it through a tax certificate sale, what they're doing essentially is becoming the bank and loaning that person that owns the home that didn't pay the taxes. They're loaning that particular amount of money for the taxes for the prior year that they didn't pay. And they do that every year consecutively until right. you hit about four years and then someone will call it in and then they actually put it up for a tax deed sale. So when it goes up for tax deed sale, anyone who purchased those certificates, well, they they did a bid in order to be able to um, the the lower the bid, they would win the the auction. So as a for an interest rate. So whenever the tax sale goes through, anyone who previously bought a, a certificate will be paid via all whatever the taxes yeah, are it's due the minimum bid the minimum bid for the auction so and they usually go full market value on the auction anyways and that's only color of title we found out so even if you buy one off the auction it's just color of title the owner could actually still come back after they still you... have a year to come back and say that they want to um, claim the home even off of the auction so you're no more different than adverse possession the but, only difference is you pay a lot less the, the thing is, is if they do come back, they have to reimburse everything that you've paid into it. Yeah. So if you pay you. years of taxes and, you know, it average is about 10 to 15,000 for the house for back taxes. Depending on the, the yeah, value of the home and what the, find, yeah. right. But once you pay that, that's recorded in the county. So if the person does want the house back, the judge is going to have to make them pay you back for all the money you put in there. So if you paid five years of taxes or something like that, any repairs you've done to the home, any improvements, maintenance, all that will be paid back to you before the owner can actually take the house back. So it's, right. kind of like it's safe. Right. That And that was one of the things I had asked you about um, because, you know, I, I kind of posed, you know, two different scenarios. Which, you know, one would be what if somebody just like walked away from their place because they hit hard times and they went to go stay with, you know, family or friends up in North Dakota or, you know, whatever the case may be. Exactly. And, they, and, and things got better and they saw that, oh, somebody was keeping their place up for them and they thought they could come and snatch it back. Or if 
you know, an elderly couple had both eventually passed away and the, one of the children at some point decided to come back and, and try to jump on it. And that's one of the things that you had explained. And I think is very important and it's important in every situation. It doesn't matter if it's like with the adverse possession situation, or even if it's in a situation that people are facing with like DCF or, you know, taking care of their children, dealing with children or families with the court system It is always document, document, document. <clears throat> That's something my dad always pounded into me was document, document, document. So, in an adverse possession situation, like you were talking about, everything that was put in, um, which really you are building your equity in the place, whether it's the payment of taxes um, or you've painted the place, you've cleaned up the shrubbery, you mow the lawn every week, you document that. And actually your time can also be an expense for whatever you know the going rate is in the area. And that can be listed as well. So if somebody was to come back, the judge is going to say, well, okay, yeah, you do have a right to the place. However, you're going to owe these people $65,000 for work that they've done, taxes they've paid. And they're going to look at that and go, oh, shit, I was hoping to get something free and clear, and they're going to walk away. Right. Yeah, that's how it works. And you keep meticulous records. And if I go out and mow the grass, I have to write it down how much uh, the general going rate is. And in some states... They're more fortunate than Florida. We just found out recently that um, they get half again in, on some of them. In Texas, um, I was doing some research on Texas, and the Texas law states that um, the person who who um, gets who pay who redeems the home, um, if the person wants to come back, they have two years to, in order to come back and try to redeem, you know, get their get their home back. If they do that, the Texas law states that they'll get everything that um, the person put into it plus the um, the 50%. court the court filing fees and yeah. all of that plus 25% the first year interest off of it the first year but if they wait till the second year then they get 50% interest off of it so and you then you get all your money back plus interest from the court so you don't lose anything and the nice thing about it is is there's no mortgage to pay and there's no rent to pay. So you just live there and take care of it. And you can All save right. up money. All right. Yeah. Now, that leads me to something that somebody brought up to me. And uh, I had somebody uh, text me and they, they had seen the advertisement for last week's call, which unfortunately we weren't able to do. I was smack dab in the middle of a 40,000 person block party <laughs> yeah yeah this was like it's supposed to be the the biggest or second biggest fourth of july gathering down on the state of florida last week so uh fortunately sharon john were gracious enough to push this back until this week but um yeah someone had texted me because they had seen the advertisement and they said oh well this just looks like squatting and i'm like oh no 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 squatting is very different because squatting is illegal Whereas adverse possession is a very legal process. Now, John or Sherry, you want to explain to people how you would draw a distinction between somebody who's squatting and somebody who's using the adverse possession process. Sure. That's simple enough. Um, squatting would be mm -hmm. as I see an empty house and I break into it and I start living there. 
with no intentions of making it your home yeah, or paying the taxes. Yeah, you're just hanging out for a place to sleep. Now, our process, what you do, and it's in the book, is you actually contact the county, file the necessary paperwork, and gain an interest in the property by actually paying um, fees for taxes, or maybe there's fines on the house for high grass, liens like that from the water company, um, different things like that. So you actually have a vested interest into the home financially, and the county recognizes that. And then you've converted sec um, essentially uh, a criminal matter into a civil matter. And that's the big difference. So if you're in the house and anybody comes by, which we've never had anybody come by, and um, then it's just a matter of you have to go to court if there's an owner interest in it or anything like that. But it also helps to pick a home where you know where the owners might have moved to. You Google them, search them, things like that. Find out where they're at. We know where our homeowners are. They're in a nursing home. They're 92 years old, and they're not coming back. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And well, and a big difference too. I mean, a, a squatter, and this is probably going to be put kind of crudely, but you know, a, a squatter is pooping in the corner. Whereas yeah. somebody through adverse possession is cleaning the place up. Uh, they can show evidence that they are making the place better. Um, it, this is actually what comes back to um, dealing in a trust situation. You know, you have to make sure that you are making things better than it was originally provided to you. And if it is to be handed back over again to someone else, it's in better condition than what it was entrusted to you with, you know, exactly. and that's exactly what's happening with the adverse possession. And in fact, the neighbors around where you're at actually were very thankful for you guys, weren't they? Exactly. They this were. house looked pretty sad and uh, overgrown. All the flower beds were overgrown and, um, so we painted the shutters, changed it to a faded color, to a nice, crisp, clean one. And uh, we Plucked weeded the all the beds. Um, we planted plants because what you're supposed to do, um, the, the rules are you have to be notorious. You don't like a squatter will hide, sneak in the back door and disappear. You know, we are out front yard mowing the grass. We're plucking weeds. You have to be notorious. Yep. And you have to cultivate the properties. So I plant plants. You know, we planted banana trees out here, you know, flowers out front. It's beautiful. We made it look really nice. And that's my job. That's what I have to do to maintain this adverse possession claim. Right. Otherwise, like you said, it, it, it's just a squatter. And it has to be in the tour. Um, you have to be hostile to the owners. Yeah, well. I'm not going to go contact the, the people that had it before. You ask for permission from the owner. Otherwise, you get their permission, you're not adversely possessing yeah. the home. So you have to. Oh, really? Yeah, that's correct. It will nullify your adverse possession. So you don't want to talk to them. I just know where they're at and I know they're not going to leave where they're at. So this is a good situation we got here because the house is um, new appliances inside um, is well cared for. It just was run down because no one took up uh, mowing the grass. And well, we sat empty for four years. Yeah, it was empty for four years. And I highly recommend getting them about that point where they're, you got to pay more for the taxes but you got a safer bet because um, the county does all the due diligence. They mail anybody that's involved in it, mortgage company, family members, Whoever owners. Whoever has any kind of interest and in they, the property. Yeah, because um, they won't put it up for sale unless it's actually been done with the due and, diligence. Right. They have to give Certified them notice. Certified mailings. So if you want a safe bet, get it just before the tax sale. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but right. it's it, worth it. It cost us 10000 like. 
ten thousand two hundred dollars. Yeah, to, to get it out of to um, get it um, to redeem it, and then we were able to move in the following day. Yeah, we had the power turned on, moved in, then we just started cleaning it up. You know, shampoos and carpets. Oop, write that in my thing too. You know, that's how you do it. You know, it, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned the due diligence of the diligence of the stake, because this is something I've pushed over and over again to people is that a position of staying in honor is always been through providing notice. And so, you know, through that time of not hearing from the owners, not getting the taxes, this or that, the state is trying to provide notice to them, reach out what's going on, see what's happening. And interesting enough, uh, once you guys were there and the state had to provide notice that, Someone has uh, taken over through adverse possession, correct? And exactly. where was it mailed? It was mailed to you. <laughs> well, yeah, it came to the house. They never changed their address. If they change their address, if they on um, if they have a different mailing address on the record, the owner record, if they have a secondary mailing address, they'll send it to that mailing address as well. And they have to respond. And they they if they choose to say, I don't want anyone living in my home. They then have to pay the taxes. Then they can come back and, you know, that'll be that. They'll pay you, you know, you get your money back and then you just find something else. But if they if they have the same mailing address, it was fortunate that the people that owned this house prior, their mailing address, be, I don't know why they didn't change it, but they didn't change it over to the nursing home and they just have their mailing address here. So we ended up getting the mailing um for notice of adverse possession back to us. <laughs> yeah. So. And you use that notice that comes back from the county to get your power, water, sewer, trash all set up. And they respect that as well. And the interesting thing is, if you want to um, stop doing adverse possession, you have to do a quick claim. You know, that shows you do have an interest in the property. And, you know, um, the, the court respects that and, um, so it's not like you're just squatting. You're actually, right. you know, you own a home for that respect. You, and that's another thing you have to do is you have to make the home your own. And it has to be your intent that, you know, within your, your mind that this is my home. You know, when you go to work and you come back, you, you know, I'm going back to my home. So you have to know that. So if the judge were to ask you, is this your home? Yes. You'd have to say, yes, this is my home because you have made it your home. Yep. We feel this is our home. And we did have one visit from the property appraiser. They came out, I guess they're going to raise taxes or something. But she was well, very polite and, and they, they know the situation. Right. So. They have a job. Once every five years, they have to go out and reassess the homes. And it most likely fell within that time yeah. frame. So. It's just well, I, yeah, I, I've been talking to people in numerous states uh, the past year regarding property taxes, and it seems like all the states right now have been going out, and now in your situation, of course, that you did make the property better, all right? Uh, you, you're putting it into a better condition than when it was received. But it seems like in so many states, things I'm finding right now, they're going and sending their um, appraisers out, uh, their tax assessors, whatever the case may be, and they're raising the rates on people all over the place. I mean, um, there, there was a situation I saw. This gentleman 
like eight years ago, had put in a brick pathway down to his dock from his house. And now all of a sudden, that was going to raise uh, the value of his home by $8,000. And that was just one item. That was only one item. They hit a bunch of items on his home. And I'm, I'm really seeing, and this is a little off topic, but I'm really seeing that the states are clamoring for money. And so they're looking for anything they can do to raise the value on homes because that raises, you know, the, the tax assessment as well. Um, and I wanted to get into the quick claim and uh, maybe even quieting the title because a lot of those things have really gotten a bad rap. And people hear those and they think, oh, criminal, because whenever that really pops up in the news, there's some sort of criminal activity tied to it. And that's not really the case. And so I, I wanted to get into the situation uh, that you're starting to touch on as far as maybe a quick claim where, say, you've gone in, you've done an adverse possession, uh, Florida, after seven years, you're free and clear. Um, I know when I talked to you, you said through your research, you had found California was five years. Uh, you're free and clear as an owner. Uh, but say somewhere during that five year or seven year period of time, say three, four years in, you decide you want to move. You want to go somewhere else. Hey, maybe you found a different property that you would rather do an adverse possession on. And so you're going to have somebody come in and fill your shoes. You want to explain right. that to people? That's called hacking on. Um, if you, like you said, if you, you have seven years, but you're in it for three. So you have four years left on the, the adverse possession, um, statue. Um, you can find someone who, um, is interested in buying your interest. I wouldn't don't do a profit, but just what you have in what you're, you know, what you have into the property. Yeah, because you're not selling the house. You're, you're selling, just selling the interest. That they only have four years left, so that's a lot less than seven. You want to get, get reimbursed for the equity you've put in. That exactly, you put in. So yeah. they would end up reimbursing you. So if you put in, say, $50,000 with the taxes plus all of the upgrades and whatever you've done whatever to the home. To it, yeah. So you could sell your, your interest for 50000 and then give them a quick claim and then th what they would do is they would put their their AP. paperwork into the county with the the um, adverse, quick, possession. adverse possession with the um Tax. quick claim and then they can go ahead and just move on and it has to be with your permission because if there there's three things that you can't adverse possess and one is oh yeah um you can't do someone's home that's if disabled they're, if they're an if infant, they're in a mental institution or if they're military out of the country that's just you know if they're disabled yeah. if they're an infant if they're incarcerated you cannot um adversely possess a home um if if they're home if it's their home um there was a case i was looking at a home here and um, the guy, he adverse possessed the home. Um, he was in it for over seven years. He put a new roof on. He put new storm windows in. He put a new water line from the road to the house. I mean, he put a lot of money into that home. And he he didn't, uh, he must not have known that to do a quiet title. And what he did, he just lived there. And then he ended up killing someone. 
and the house sits empty. The house sits empty. So it's like <laughs> so, but you can't unless you get specifically, um, you know, his permission. You ha he has to do a quick claim to you. Yeah, once um, the AP's on there, you can't do another you AP. Do you have to negotiate that. Right, you have to be able to have the quick claim and then do the AP. And if you go to your county's website and just look up for a property appraiser, you type in the name of the owner, just put adverse possession, and you'll see other people in your town that's doing that. So it's a, it's a valid thing. And there's not too many people that do it, but we're trying to teach people how to do it. Get out of the car in the Walmart parking lot and get you a house, you know? Thank you for bringing that up, John, because that was something I wanted to mention was that because I've had, you know, several people that I've mentioned this to and they're like, well, I've never heard of such a thing. Is it legal? And da, da, da. And I told them, I said, you can go to clerk of court site. You can put in adverse possession, just like you just said. And you'll see that. Guess what? This isn't something that is like notorious or this is something that's being done. Other people are doing it. And you can find other places where, um, in, in your local area, properties where this has happened at. Yep. Right. So it's it's a secret, but it's it's happening, and um, it, and it's done legally. And more yeah. moreover, not just legally, but it's, it's it's lawfully. It's all done, you know, properly through taking care of. I mean, we are supposed to be stewards of the land, are we not? Yes. So, yes, we are. Mm -hmm. And you, if you do what you are supposed to do and, you know, in repairing and updating and keeping it in a better um, repair. Yeah. And so pretty much during you, that seven years, you're see. a trustee for the owner. But then at that point, you just call it quits and say, there's nobody left. And you do your quiet title and they say, okay, no one's coming. And matter of fact, you don't even have to go to court for the quiet title. We found out you just it, the county knows it's done. But yeah. But if you, you want a piece of paper, you if, can go if down. You, if you wanted to, after the seven years, say like after seven years, you choose, you know what? I've lived here for seven years and I just, I feel like I want to move from this area. If you don't get that quiet title, then you're not going to be able to sell really be able to sell it um, like to normal. any, like a normal, you know, get a realtor and sell it or anything. Right. Well, um, they, let, let me explain quieting a title to people a little bit because uh, I think majority of people don't know what that, that really is. But many title, when you, for instance, when you go to purchase a home, uh, one of the things you're going to have to do is you are going to have to pay money to a title company. And one of the things, the main thing this title company does is they come in and they look at any attachments to the title of that property. And specifically what they're looking for is liens, okay? Uh, did somebody do a roofing job on the house and they didn't get paid for it? So they turned around and they put a lien on the home. And that has to be satisfied before that title can move into somebody else's hands, okay? The, the title has to be quiet. There can't be a whole bunch of attachments to it. Right, and that's so that's it, yeah, it's called right. uh, cloud clouding, on the title. Clouding the title, and that's what clouding adverse. It's it's a, putting a cloud on the title, right? And it has to be settled in court. Yep, everything has to be uh, free and clear. Everything's on the up and up. Everything's smooth here. You are not getting into, you know, you're not jumping out of the frying pan mm -hmm. into the fire when you purchase a place. You know what I mean? 
uh, because the same that's just basic contract law. You can't contract yourself into an unknown problem. No. Um, and I wanted to bring up as well, a lot of people are going, oh, well, this sounds like a lot of stuff to figure out. There's legwork that has to be done. Yeah, there is. Guess oh, what, yeah. people? Nothing is easy. Yeah, you're going to have to do some of your own legwork. You're going to have to get on the keyboard and let your fingers do the walking a little bit. But Sometimes you <clears> might have to drive the neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you definitely want to drive the neighborhoods. You want to see the neighborhood of the place that you're looking at. Don't just look at... Uh, yep, I was just going to say, don't just look at it at 9.30 in the morning. Go there at 9.30, 10 o'clock or midnight and sit there in the, in the driveway and just get a feel what's going on in this neighborhood. You know what right. I mean? Um, so a lot of people are going to say, oh, gosh, there's so much more to know about all this. How do I figure this out? You guys have written a book on this. Um, the book includes forms and paperwork specifically for Florida. Although, if people do a bit of looking around in their own state, they can find the equivalent in their own state. Um, well, if how do you, state, we're willing to help them as well, one on one to, you know, for their particular state, but it's all very similar. Yeah, exactly. So, how do you want to provide that book and this knowledge to other people? Okay. Um, they can go to our. Um, they can get a hold of us. They can go through um, at my email. It's kellysherry01 at gmail.com. You want to spell that? K-E-L-L-Y-S-H-E-R-R-I and the number zero and one at gmail.com. Excellent. And then we'd be able to, you know, work with them in helping them and any other questions that they, you know, can think of. Um, yeah, or if they want to, you know, have us help them find a place, you know, we'd have to know. The, yeah, we actually the terms, know one in they Port Charlotte want. right now. So. Right. We're helping my son with his friend was looking for a home and we found a three bedroom, two and a half bath house with a swimming pool that um, there are liens on it. And the back taxes need to come up. It's like uh, it's like ten thousand for yeah, the ten thousand um, for the taxes. Taxes and it's fifty. Fifty thousand like, for the there's grass 40, mowing. Well, forty nine or it's forty five thousand in liens, so it would come to like fifty thousand for the home. Yeah, but you have to remember too that the um, code enforcement will allow you to make payments on these things. And since you don't have a mortgage or rent, it, that's something you can wrap your mind around. So I have to pay 200 a month for a year or two. You know, you still own the entire home after those liens are paid off. And well, I, yeah, yeah, I, van. Yep. I, I, I want to add to that. Yeah, you are correct. The, the county loves that somebody's going to come in and take care of a property or a situation like this. And, you know, uh, code enforcement is another one of my little favorite topics but you know when you're looking at situations with like code enforcement and maybe the county's had to mow or this or that um a lot of those liens through code enforcement and through the county you can actually negotiate with them mm -hmm. uh just like you can negotiate hospital bills if you don't have 
a primary insurance carrier for yourself. You can do the same thing that insurance companies do. You think they pay $5,000 for a broken leg just like the hospital charges you? No. They've got it negotiated down to a base price. And so you can do the same thing in those situations. Yep. And we know a neighbor that actually negotiated their property tax downward because of some blight near her home. And so you can actually go in there and say, look, at, here's a picture of this ugly house next to mine. Or, and they reduced their taxes. So it's negotiation is a key. It, you, you know, the county is a company, so yeah. and they're for profit. So whatever they can get out of you, if you're willing to pay what they say, here's $3,000 property tax. If you're willing to pay it, then you just pay it and, you know, there's nothing. But if you're not, you can negotiate with them because they are, yeah. they are they a company. Yeah. Private yeah. Yeah. So the ones with the big um, fees and fines on them, they're not to be dismissed because you can make payments over time. And since you don't rent or mortgage, it's not really a problem. Right. You just focus on and the, what paying those off. And the end goal is you get a $200,000 house or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So instead of having a rent or a mortgage, uh, you may have an additional bill every month that is equivalent to a light bill, you know. So, exactly. yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's not that big a deal. And now, um, Sherry and John, you guys provided me with uh, your book online. I'm printing that out and I'm going to put that into a book form for my personal use. Uh, if I were a Facebook guru, I could go ahead and charge everybody 500 bucks for a copy if they want it. But no, Sherry has provided you the information, go through them, and you will also get kind of some step-by-step -step help from them as well at the same time. Or guess what? You probably might not get that from me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that right now with things that are happening in the United States of America that this is some of the most valuable information people could have we feel because necessary. necessary. Absolutely. It's very necessary information because I mean, keeping a roof over your family's head is of the utmost importance. And at the same time, keeping the best roof over your family's head is of the utmost importance. I mean, if you are running a small one bedroom apartment for your family with two children right now, this is something that you could look at and actually move your children into a home where they have a bedroom of their own, where you might even have a, a swimming pool. Who knows? You know what I mean? I think this is very important. And, okay, Sherry has provided info on how to learn about this. Um, we've got a few people on here right now. I'm going to go ahead and unmute all the lines. So... Just a heads up, if you don't want to be unmuted, when I unmute you, go ahead and mute yourself back out. And if you have a question for John or Sherry, um, just try not to step on each other. Let us know where you hail from and, and kind of be succinct in your Let me jump over there. Bye, the All right. Everybody's unmuted right now, so if you don't want to be unmuted, go ahead and mute your line. Um, I'm not sure hey, what Brian. it is on the phone. It used to used to be start six. Hey, hey, what's going on, brother? How are you doing? Oh, great. I, I have a quick question because I didn't catch the first half. 
uh, I'll rewatch it later. Did they already give their information on how to contact them? Uh, yeah, they just did a couple minutes ago. Uh, Sherry, if you want to give it again, go ahead. Okay. Um, you can contact me via email at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I, zero one at gmail.com. Okay, so real quick, you just said it's Kelly, and what was the second word? Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I. S-H-E-R-R-Y. Okay, so it's Kelly, Cherry, O-1, or zero one? Zero one. It's an I. Not a Y, okay. As an igloo. Correct. <laughs> awesome. All right, so um, I will rewatch this video, and I will probably send you an email. I appreciate it. Okay, thank Hopefully you. Hopefully it helps. Um, the the thing about um this also when you are looking at a home, um, these are not like the homes you would buy you know via um, retail. Um, you may find a home and when you look at it, the people left all of the furniture. Yeah, it you, might be fully furnished. It may be fully furnished. We, that one in Port Charlotte is right. Like that. They the people for the one I was looking at for my son's friend. Um, the people, I talked to the neighbor, and they said that they just up and left one day four years ago and never came back. And um, they didn't think they would ever go back, and the, the pool was black. You we didn't see even the frog, see the pool. Frogs in it. There were so many sprouted trees everywhere. You had to walk through those to see the pool. Right. So, you know, you got to do a little work here so, and there, but that's not a problem. You may have to, you know, do some elbow grease, but it's definitely worth what you're getting to get yourself a home yes especially nowadays the the home prices are you can't afford them it's too much getting extremely high i know um brian told me you know that people are moving from other states like new york and new jersey and california and that their um money that they sell their home for can buy homes here that are very expensive for a, you know, people well, from going Florida. Over asking price. Yeah, they're going over asking price, but you know they can afford to pay three or four hundred thousand dollars for a home because they just sold a million dollar home. So and that's like cheap to them, mm -hmm. you know. And they're in a really good neighborhood here. Um, but um, and this, it's not the phenomenon isn't just in Florida. It's it's happening in other states like yeah. Texas and Tennessee and in New Mexico and Arizona. And it's almost like the value of like first, last and security for an <laughs> apartment. You're actually taking all of that together and putting it in taxes to get a house, you know, so you get a house for that. Yeah, exactly. So instead of just moving into an apartment with, you know, first, last and security and security is normally double whatever one month is, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, right. that same price can be rolled into just getting a home where you're free and clear. Yep, that's a better deal. And then you don't have any monthly rent. Just clean it up, fix it up, and make it your own. It does help. It, it does help to save money. You yeah. can save a lot of money really quick. You get a by better doing... quality of life. Right. Wow. Yeah, and, and, you know, and like I said in the beginning of the call, you know, there's ways of doing things that most people don't really know about because, you know, we've been set out on a course of, you know, one, two, three, or ABC. This is how everything happens in life. 
you know, you go to school, you get a driver's license, you go to college, you get married, have children, work a nine to five the rest of your life, you know. <laughs> and, but there's more to it behind the scenes than really what we see. <clears throat> you have to, especially nowadays, you have to think outside of the box. Because um, if you if you do everything traditionally, the traditional way, you're not going to get too far um, the way the the world's headed anyway. You know, this will give you an opportunity to be able to, you know, plant a garden, you know, in the back and do what you need to do to provide for your family. Hey, we're definitely heading into a time where planting a garden and uh, being able to be self-sufficient is going to be extremely important. I don't think people realize how important that is right now. But this is something that's going to be knocking on our door extremely soon. And um, I mean, just by watching the, you know, what you look at the ulterior news and you see that um, there's going to be a food shortage shortly. Um, there's already like rubber shortage. And, you know, they're saying that there's backups and um, the, the cargo ships in um, Oregon because of something happening to the railroad tracks. So they can't, you know, remove all of the cargo off of the ship and to get it moved through the country to get all of this supplies where it needs to go. You, you, it's going to get really tight soon. And if you could get your own place, you know, it, it helps you feel a little bit more safe. And a good thing would be is that you don't have to be in any type of status to do this. Um, you know, anyone can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't want people to think, oh, you got to correct your status first. No, no, no. There's none of that stuff going on. This is something that anybody can do. <clears throat> and, you know, like she mentioned, if you look at, for instance, the Baltic Dry Index of the past couple of years, Cargo ships are not moving. They have not been moving like they did in the past. Um, product is not going back and forth. I remember first noticing this probably three or four years ago. I would go into the Walgreens where I normally went back when I was on prescriptions. And I noticed that they would have sections of shelving blocked off with cardboard with an advertisement on it. And it grew and grew in the store to where finally I went and measured it one day and it was um, over 280 feet of shelf space that was blocked off. That's a lot of shelf space to have blocked off in a corporate store. Right. But what that was a sign of, of a slowdown of product being introduced into the USA. All right. And if you look now, um, at, say, for instance, like Sherry mentioned, some of the alternative media, listen to some of the farmers talk. We've known for years that they have been paid to not grow crops. Well, guess what? They've put a twist on it now. Now, instead of just not growing crops, they are being paid to destroy crops that have already been produced. Okay? And when you layer on top of that, that we are now starting to get in deep into a grand solar minimum, 
the farmers are saying they're only able to reap 40% worth of crops off their land compared to what they did in the past. So if they're only able to get 40% of what they did in the past off their land and they're being paid to destroy part of those crops, what do you think is going to end up on the grocery store shelf? I remember not long ago being in a produce section and I heard a woman say, you know what? I don't know what we need farmers for. We've got plenty of food here. Oh and I, I just wanted to like, uh, can I shake you like a baby? You know, I mean, can I do a baby shake? What's wrong with you? You know, yeah, it doesn't come from a cow. It comes from a grocery store. Well, are you, are you stupid? <laughs> But people are, they, they don't think, you know, they're not geared to her. They don't, if they're from the city, they don't know anything any better. Yeah. You know, that's all they know is going to the store to pick up the food. They don't, for some reason, think logically, well, this had to come from a farm in order to get to the store. I mean, yep. We're growing food the, out in the backyard. We have a couple chickens and, you know, we're just living it up here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I, I first, uh, the property I had purchased, uh, purchased it specifically because it had a big pond on the back of it. Now, it wasn't part of the property. In fact, nobody even knew that pond really even existed. It was so overgrown. And that's when I started looking at adverse possession. And I had the county come in and clear the pond out and neighbors were coming over going oh my god we didn't even know about this you know what i mean it was beautiful and so i was raising pekin ducks and then i started raising a few chickens and stuff let me tell you um talking about raising your own food once i started raising pekin ducks and chickens i'll tell you what i will never buy another store-bought egg again if okay. i can get a, uh, an egg from a Pekin duck or a chicken because the eggs you are getting, the produce you're getting from the store, everything's been radiated. It's, it's, uh, you might as well be eating cardboard. That's true. As a matter of fact, that's, that's what they feed the chickens the, at Walmart. Walmart. They do feed the chickens cardboard as a filler. So you are what you eat. So <laughs> if you oh, Lord. stuff that's, homegrown and um you, you know someone we years ago someone told me if you're not killing it yourself and you're not growing it yourself you shouldn't be eating it but that's <laughs> because well, of all the stuff that's going into it you that know and our chickens eat the bugs out of the backyard oh, florida's okay. full of bugs so that helps out it's a double whammy there we get eggs and they eat the bugs that, that, that actually makes sense. I mean, I, I would go to a uh, farmer's market here about once a month, and they had non-GMO corn that was crushed. And I'd buy a crushed corn, and, and so I would put some of that out for them as well. Uh, but it was also interesting, all the wild Florida ducks that would all of a sudden start showing up to eat that corn. Oh, geez. Right. <laughs> because that, you know, that is more healthy. There you go. Yeah. They know what, if, if an animal won't eat it, then yeah. maybe you shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen 
plenty of pictures people have put online where they would tie like a, a GMO corn cob and a non-GMO corn cob to a tree and then take a picture of it two or three days later and guess which one had never been touched? The GMO one wasn't even touched. Yeah. Yeah, right. no. I put a bird feeder out and they fertilized my lawn and it's oh. gratis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Behind my home, I had a mango tree that for the first two, three, four years I was there, it hadn't produced anything. It might give off like three or four tiny little mangoes. Uh, but when I started raising the chickens, I built like a little A-frame chicken coop that I hung from a couple of the branches underneath the mango tree just to keep them the little baby chicks away from predators and things like that. Well, let me tell you, and I, I, that was about five, six years ago. I started doing that to this day, that mango tree puts off hundreds of mangoes that are the size of footballs. Oh, wow. geez. Yum. <laughs> You're very fortunate. Yeah. And fortunate. the same, same thing with the banana tree. When the chicks got bigger, I went and I put fencing around my banana trees and in a big area. So that was their little home there. And all of a sudden, boom, those banana trees were putting out big bunches of, of bananas every year. And the first time it put one out, my girlfriend was like, oh, Brian, have you tried one of those yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. You know, it's a wild banana tree. Never produced until I put the chickens there. She's like, Brian, you got to eat one of those bananas. So I went and ate one of those bananas. I was like, holy crap. It tasted totally different than a banana that you get from the grocery store. It had they flavor. Do. They do. Yeah. Like the little ice cream ones. The, those are super we good. We got four banana plants out there. Oh, yeah. Those That's little ice cream bananas are good. Oh, yeah. That's what we did. We, we went around. We put out... Um, pineapples we eat the pineapple cut the top off put right. it in the ground we got like five pineapples planted we got uh, four bananas and we're trying to, we're things. trying to make it an edible um landscape. you know landscaping you know part of you know self-sufficient type of thing so. and then try to let nature actually help you out you know like you said with the chickens and everything absolutely have your own little uh, garden forest your own food forest Food right. forest is a big thing. People can look up food forest if you want online. Look it up. You'll find lots of information on it. Um, and a lot of people don't realize, actually, that I know Southwest Florida, years ago, the biggest product here was pineapple. And if you get out into the wild here, every now and then you'll find a, a pineapple plant. Huh. But there, were, there was this was huge for pineapple here. Until big industry came in and stuff and shifted it all to South America. And that's where we get our pineapple from now. Yeah, there's something to that. It's like you are what you eat. If you're eating from Florida, then you yeah. are a Floridian. But if you're eating from Spain, Mexico, Taiwan, whatever the, wherever the food comes from, yeah, you're not from here. So you become an international citizen. Yeah. When you're eating <laughs> international. You are what you eat. I like that thought. Well, I think we I think you all have provided awesome information tonight on adverse possession. And um, people, check it out. If 
you will have a hard time with the email or whatever, get a hold of me. I will give you their email address. I will forward it to you so you can contact them. Uh, if anybody else has a question regarding the adverse possession, uh, I would say speak now or forever hold your peace. But I, I think you folks have done. I think you folks have done a perfect job tonight. I really appreciate you being here. And I don't think that tonight's conversation should be a one-time podcast. This might be something we should do maybe once every two months just for new, new people. Sure. And, um, <clears throat> and, and people at the same time. <clears throat> um, if you get the book with all the information in it, that Sherry and John have provided. And if Sherry and John provide you with one-on-one -on -one time as to, oh, what do I do in this situation? Or I found something different here. What do I do? You know, pay it forward. Throw them a couple bucks. Because, you know, it's a maximum law. A workman is worthy of his hire. And they are providing info that you would not, you, you can't go to your local library and find this stuff. Okay? No. You're not going to go to your local realtor. He's not going to tell you about this stuff, okay? No. He will not find out anything like that. So when, when you contact them for the book or when you, you know, get some one-on-one -on -one help from them, guess what? Just uh, make a donation to them. And <clears throat> I'm not going to say the book is worth 50 bucks. I'm not going to say their time is worth 50 bucks an hour or anything like that. I hear that kind of stuff online all the time or even on some of these big YouTube channels where, where, oh, they'll give you something for a $50 donation. Uh, I'm sorry. If it's $50, it's no longer a donation. Now that becomes the charge. You know what? Just give out the love of your heart for the value that you're receiving. That's what I say. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for inviting us. And I hope it helps somebody. You can. Oh, absolutely. Out. Yes, there, Absolutely. And there well, are houses out there right now. And if you're in you Port know. Charlotte, we know where one is right now. Well, you know, I, I'm sure many people will use this. And if nobody doesn't, guess what? I'm going to experiment with this. Why not? Yeah, why not? There's no risk in it at all. You know, no. You get paid back if the owner comes back. Yeah. Yep. And along the way, you've had a fulfilling life because you've actually done something. That's a problem with a lot of people where they don't feel fulfilled. They are not feeling fulfilled because they're not really creating anything. They're not making something better. They're not accomplishing something. In this situation, you're accomplishing something. And you're pretty much fulfilling about every purpose that you really have for being here. Yeah, especially for your family's dream of having all kids in different rooms and all that kind of stuff. It's very good. Yeah. Absolutely. Sherry, John, be blessed. And I look forward to seeing you. Um, you know, let's look at doing this like maybe every two months for a while. And uh, we were first going to do it on the 4th of July. So maybe let's look at uh, the first week of the month every couple months. Okay. Sounds good. We're happy to do it. All right. And, you know, people are interested in learning more. And I'm sure you guys are 
going to be learning a little more info along the way as you're involved with us and you'll have new information to share. So every day. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. You know, I found information about Texas because, you know, yeah. we just keep looking Talking at the different to. states because we're like, Florida is not the only state, you know. It's so true. we keep looking at the rest of them and we'll, you know, write stuff up for that. Exactly. Just get a hold of me. Um, I'll give you my email address one more time. It's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I-01 at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you for doing that. And so until next Sunday, and like I tell everybody, Sunday, the first day of the week, not the seventh, not the Sabbath, but that's another <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> everybody, love you. Be blessed. Thanks for coming on, guys, and, you know, providing I don't have another big 4th of July parade or whatever, see you next Sunday. Good night. Okay. Good night. Good night.